All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Honest Defense. Today, I am honored to be joined by Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, a board-certified internist and nationally known expert in the fields of chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, sleep, and pain. He has authored numerous books, including the best-selling From Fatigued to Fantastic. Dr. Teitelbaum has also been quoted in reports on the long-term effects of COVID-19. Dr. Teitelbaum, thank you so much for joining me. Eric, it's a pleasure to be with you and all your listeners today. And for all of those interested in COVID, we're going to teach you how not to get it, how to thrive if you do get it, and how to make long hauler syndrome. If you have persistent symptoms, how to make those go away. So a lot of good information here today that's going to empower you. Excellent. I'm excited about it. I, mm-hmm. I want to start with your own story first, because you have a really interesting backstory about how you got into this field in the first place. Can you talk a little bit about what happened to you when you were in medical school? Yep. Uh, If you take a look at uh, the field of chronic fatigue syndrome, chronic pain, and fibromyalgia, uh, most specialists involved in there got into it the old-fashioned way. Basically, we either had it ourselves or had a family member with it, went through the medical system, were treated like utter crap, um, and blown off, and then had to figure it out on their own. Um, I was in medical school. I was paying my way through medical school because my dad was dead. Uh, and those two things were probably the easiest part of my life, just doing the medical school and the rest and working. Uh, came down with a nasty viral syndrome uh, that I called the drop-dead flu, and it just didn't go away. Uh, six weeks later, I was still non-functional, and they basically stuck me in the lab, which is where med students recover. You know, they're sitting there with pipettes. And I couldn't even do that properly because my brain was just totally fogged. Um, and I had to drop out of med school. I, uh, it wouldn't go away. The, med, the doctors all, they, they knew there was a viral infection, but that should be gone by now. And that, they figure, well, you're not better. It must be med student depression. Wow. That's, that's what you do in medicine. I don't know what's wrong with you, so you're crazy. So that's kind of the standard uh, operating procedure. Nice people, but clueless. Uh, found myself having to drop out of med school and I was homeless sleeping in parks you know and I was you know I, I found my way across the southwest and uh, there I was in Tulsa uh, in a park um, and uh, it was as if the universe hung a holistic homeless medical school sign on my park bench uh, herbalists came by naturopaths came by I didn't even know there's such a thing as naturopaths back then uh, energy workers came by all of these folks would teach me bits and pieces of what I needed to learn to recover. Uh, and recover I did. Using these things that I got taught sitting on my park bench there, uh, I was able to go back to medical school, get honors in medicine, um, and have spent the last 45 years learning about, researching, teaching about post-viral fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome, and fibromyalgia. Wow. What was, what was that time frame between you having to drop out of medical school and then when you went back to medical school? How long were you in that, that homeless period? Uh, it was a year from the time I dropped out to the time I was able to come back in and do my reentry. Wow. Wow. And and so it was literally you were you were sleeping in a park and just talking to people as they walked by and, and you kind of found out about some of these naturopaths and... People, they were just drawn to me. All different dealers, they stopped by and they sat on my park bench. And sometimes it was funny how often they had pizza or something, and then I'd eat. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, even the police are really nice. So the police are my wake-up service. I get this very gentle boot nudge in my side each morning, you know, and uh, they're all gra- very gracious about it, you know. And, and how were you able to get your way back into medical school from there? I didn't think it was possible, uh, but my uncle had looked into it. 
And he said, you know, you can reapply. And they were very happy. Okay, your illness is cleared enough that you can come back and do the work. And that piece of cake, I didn't even know it was a possible thing. Right. And so, so at the time, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, were those even words that existed? No. no. Right. There are all kind of labels and things that were going on. That was back <clears throat> in those days. It was extremely rare. Um, for example, it's uh, you'd have people like Dr. Nobel of Nobel Prize fame had it. Uh, Florence Nightingale had it. Wow. So the people that were having massive kind of very busy lives, shall we say. Um, but now it's becoming much, much more common. We're looking at probably a good 2 to 4% of the population that's getting it. And that's about to skyrocket because we're seeing, my estimates is that we'll have 15 to 25% of people who have symptomatic COVID uh, will have persistent chronic fatigue syndrome a year later. Wow. And are you seeing that, Do you, or, or I don't know if you're seeing anything yet, but do you predict that that will be uh, across all demographics, whether it's elderly, younger people, anyone, regardless of, of the effects that COVID itself had on them immediately, do you think everyone who has COVID is going to equally be affected by these after effects? Not equally. I think we'll see. You have to understand half of people with chronic fatigue syndrome are post-viral or post-infectious. Uh, a recent study just showed that college students who get mono, 23% of them come down a year later, they have chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, so the way that it breaks down is it's three quarters female. Uh, illnesses that affect the immune system are uh, three times as likely to hit women. Lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis. These are immune illnesses or predominantly diseases of women. And you'll see the same with CFS and fibromyalgia. Um, that three quarters of the persistent cases will be women. Uh, you'll see the 40 to 60 year old age demographic will probably be hit the hardest. Um, but you're going to see it even in six and eight year olds. And there's uh, it'll hit everybody who has it. Wow. So I, I want to go back to when you were in, in the, the throes of, of the disease and you're, you're homeless, you're in the park, and you start getting treated by the naturopaths and the homeopaths. No, treated by me. <laughs> oh, you're treated by yourself. So, so what, Us, what, using, using their information. Okay. So what were you doing? Well, in my case, it turned out that the key issues were nutritional deficiencies, candida overgrowth, and adrenal exhaustion. So in addition to taking some time to rest, I was predominantly treating those three areas. And what we found over the years, because again, the first oh, 10 years in medical practice, um, I was finding that since I knew these processes, people were flying in from all over the world to see me. I mean, here I am, an internal medicine doctor, and just in the small town, and people would be flying in. And I was like, what the? You know, why are you flying here? And finally, I realized if they came in and they had a water bottle and they put the water bottle on my desk and said, hi, I could play psychic. Let me guess, you're tired, achy, brain fog, and you can't sleep. And they go, did my husband tell you about me? It's like, because <laughs> increased thirst, increased urination are also classic things. And um, so the names didn't come till over a decade later. And when did you start developing this SHINE protocol? I want to get into what that actually, what SHINE stands for, but when did you start realizing that, hey, I can put together a system to help treat this? Well, it was the early 1980s. 
And um, I started putting together piece by piece by piece. And uh, we didn't call it Shine until probably after 2000, but the protocol was coming together. And I was a young doctor, all full of myself, like, hey, I, I cured this thing and figured right, out right. something new. And this old, because uh, it was a small community I lived in, and it was uh, part rural, part uh, urban. And uh, this farmer, this old farmer guy comes in one day who I'd been treated for a couple of years, said, hey, doc, you know that stuff you've been working on? I said, uh, yeah, for treating this pain and chronic fatigue stuff. He says, there's this doctor here who figured that out 35 years ago. When I was still in diapers. That was Dr. Janet Travell. She was the White House physician for President Ms. Kennedy and Johnson. Kennedy had this illness. Um, and, um, you know, she wrote a book called The Trigger Point Manual. It's two volumes about this thick. Uh, and she had laid out everything that I was talking about that was already laid out on there. She had figured it out longer ago. Wow. And so can you can you walk through what SHINE stands for, what each letter stands for, and, and how that's how you apply that? Yeah. So let's take a moment, though, Eric. What is fibromyalgia? It's yeah. an energy crisis where you basically trip the circuit breaker in the brain called the hypothalamus. That small almond-sized circuit breaker controls sleep, so you can't sleep. Hormones. Hormones are off across the board. Um, controls temperature regulation, uh, so 98.6 is a fever. And it controls, controls autonomic function, which is sweating, blood pressure, pulse, and gut function. So you may find you tend to get lightheaded when you stand up. You may run a racing pulse. All of that's on that one circuit. And then when muscles don't have energy, after heavy workouts, you don't come home and say, honey, my muscles are loose and limp. You say they're all tight. Muscles take more energy to relax than to contract. So the muscles all go tight, and you get in chronic pain, and you're off and running. Uh, so it's an energy crisis. And what the shine will, and the way you can tell is if you have a paradox, if you can't sleep well, even though you're exhausted, you have severe insomnia despite exhaustion, that paradox tells you you tripped the circuit breaker called the hypothalamus, and you have this process. It's really that simple. Uh, there are, can be hundred other symptoms to go with it, but those two, brain fog, uh, widespread pain, you've got it. Um, so our research shows that you can make it go away. Um, and that's we did one study, you know, randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study using the SHINE protocol. And SHINE stands for sleep, ZS. So you need to optimize sleep, and you can. A lot of you are going to say, seem like a nice follow doc, but there's no way I can get eight hours sleep a night. And I'm going to say, yes, you can with the right treatment. Um, we've treated thousands of people. I can count on my fingers how many we've not been able to get proper sleep. And what, what um, do you do What do you do to treat that? How do you help people get proper sleep? Well, I mean, there's basic sleep hygiene, but this isn't a sleep hygiene issue. Um, they're going to take a mix of natural prescription uh, sleep options. So I like the uh, revitalizing sleep formula is a mix of six herbs. Uh, terrific ZZZZ is a mix of four essential oils. Those two are excellent. Uh, for melatonin, the only one I found that really works, uh, other one that works best is one uh, made by Na Nature's Bounty. It's called Dual Spectrum. You can get that on Amazon or Walgreens, uh, the five milligram. Um, and then uh, hemp oil, very helpful for sleep. It's pricey though, CBD. Uh, I prefer the, the whole hemp oil. There's one called Hemp Select, uh, which is superb. Um, so these natural things can be very helpful for sleep. Um, then if a, a lot of people have trouble falling asleep, and the medication Ambien, even though it has its issues, 
uh, is a very good medication for initiating sleep, for helping you fall asleep in this illness. Uh, very, very, very low dose trazodone. Normal dose of trazodone is 300 to 450 milligrams. We're using 25. That's, that's a general principle. You will do better with tiny doses of several things than a high dose of one. Uh, Flexural, Neurotin, the list goes on and on. There are over 30 things that can be mixed and matched to get solid sleep. Uh, many of you find you wake in the middle of the night, two in the clock, it's two in the morning, it's like the universal alarm clock goes off. Uh, one of the things that often triggers out there is a number of things, but uh, in this illness, you're often dropping your blood sugar in the middle of the night and a nighttime proteins, protein snack. Two carbs, you're gonna make it worse, but hard boiled eggs, some meat, some fish, uh, will keep your blood sugar stable through the night and then a percent of people will help. And th so let's move on. So that's that's S. What's the H? H should be hormones and hypotension. So uh, mo the majority of you with fibromyalgia need thyroid support. And you've gone to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, you're fine. The blood test's normal. And you want to smack them around the head. And it's helpful to understand what normal means when you're looking at a blood test. Because most doctors have no idea. I mean, I lecture to four or 500 doctors at a time. And I love asking the simple question, this normal range that you're relying on? Because most doctors, you know, in the country, they don't even want the person there. Just give me the blood test. <laughs> right. Don't bother me with this flesh and blood person here. It's kind of, you know, and if the blood test is normal, they're fine. And if not, you know, then we treat it. And I love asking the question, where does the normal range come from? And it's the first time most doctors have ever considered that in their life. They've kind of presumed without thinking about it that this wise group of elders with long silver beards would sit there kind of almost, you know, like the Dumbledores of medicine or something, you okay. know, would sit around the table and say, well, if the test is in this range, the person has no problem and they're fine, you know. Um, there's no such thing. You take 100 healthy people and you apply something called two standard deviations. Put into English, it means the two and, uh, that are in the lowest and highest are outside the normal range, and the 95% in the middle is defined as the normal range. So normal range for shoe sizes, this is an analogy I like to give Dr. Oz, who's very good and who's a friend of mine, despite character assassination, because he talked about companies that did really mean and nasty things to people, and they didn't like that he talked about it. So they basically, their henchmen went after him. Uh, but uh, he likes to run with this analogy, uh, which is what would a normal range for shoe sizes look like? It would be size five to 13. That would be the 95% in the middle. So say I put you in a size five shoe and you go to the doctor, Eric, and they say the shoe's too small. And the doctor says, no, it's size five. It's a normal range, no problem. That's an exact analysis of what's going on with the blood testing. So how do you tell if you need thyroid? It's your body's gas pedal. If you're tired, achy, weight gain, cold, intolerant, you need thyroid. Uh, unexplained infertility, you know, constipation, any two of those with fibromyalgia, I will give a trial of the desiccated thyroid hormone and see if it helps. Uh, adrenal, um, very simple. Do you get irritable when hungry? You know, they're calling that hangry. You know, and they're saying take a candy bar, which is the worst thing you can do because you'll be on an emotional roller coaster. So irritable when hungry, a tendency to low blood pressure, uh, difficulty handling stress, frequent respiratory infections, adrenal support. Uh, I like a simple product called Adrenoplex, 
very nice mix will smooth most people out. Sometimes you need more aggressive support though. And we'll go ahead and in my books and stuff, I talk about how to do this. Um, hype, and then uh, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. If you're in the lowest 30% of the normal range, not the lowest 2%, but 30%, and you have symptoms in a male, low libido, erectile dysfunction, uh, insulin resistance, host of different things, I'm going to give the bioidentical testosterone. And women, if they're fibromyalgia or worse around menses, they need the bioidentical estrogen progesterone. Again, most doctors have been prescribing the synthetic. And there's a very, 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 very important reason they give the synthetics. Uh, because you cannot patent the bioidentical ones and they're dirt cheap. You can patent synthetics. And therefore, the drug companies, they're no fools. I mean, they're good people. I never met a bad person there. They're all sweethearts, but they're interested in making money. Right. That's the primary thing. If you can patent molecule, you can charge $5,000, $25,000 a year for it. If you can't patent it, you can't charge more than 20 cents a pill, you know, generally, or, or 50 cents. So they look for the things that are patentable. And then there are armies of drug reps who are often, at least for the male doctors, literally, they are models and uh, cheerleaders. And they are just so nice. And being, <laughs> being a geek doctor who could barely talk to a woman without my tongue rolling across the floor and going. They know how to sell. Uh, they do. And they know to a penny how much of their stuff I'm prescribing. So, you know, you get so much more nice pat on the back. Or, or I can give you stories of more than that. Uh, well, maybe I won't. But anyway, <laughs> um, if you give the right for the expensive synthetic stuff, but that's poison. You want the bioidentical hormones. And then hypotension, which is low blood pressure, you tend to get lightheaded when standing as your pulse tends to run pretty high. You may have POTS, things along the That's again, the control system for pulse is that hypothalamic, that little circuit breaker explains so much of what's going on in this disease. That energy crisis flipped the circuit breaker off and shine will turn the circuit breaker back on again. Great. And what's next? I would be infections. And again, it's not any single weird, horrible infection generally. There are literally hundreds of infections that can contribute. Lyme disease is a very classic one that will trigger post-infectious fibromyalgia, um, mono, CMV, HHV6, a number of viruses, um, <clears throat> a lot of parasites, a lot of bacterial infections. There are many infections that can trigger post-infectious uh, CFS and fibromyalgia, I, and, and would COVID you, is just one of those. Oh, I was just going to ask, would you you would include COVID in one of those? So, so the effects that you expect to come from after COVID, it's not that there's anything unique about COVID. It's just that it's one of these viruses, like so many others, that trigger fibromyalgia Bingo. and these issues. Okay. Bingo. Exactly. So it's not that it's this horrible. Ah, you know, the media. Media loves to scare people to death and make them hate each other because then you'll watch 24 seven, they can sell advertising and they figure job well done. You know, it's kind of like this newspaper, you had this young cub reporter coming for the first day on the job. And the way the story goes is that the editor who was 60 years old and gruff looks at the cub reporter and says, boy, you coming to me with a story about some dog biting the man near fire. That's not news. I don't want to hear about it. Now you got a story about a man biting a dog. I want to hear about that. That's news. 
And that's kind of how the news media is. Right. Uh, you know, what we are hearing on the news is, and it's nonsense. Uh, they like me. I'm quoted in the news day in, day out. And maybe 20% of the time, I'm actually quoted accurately with what I was really saying and trying to get across. That's a high percentage, uh, I think. That's a, and they that's because they like me. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be less. Most of the stuff on the media is a dramatization. It is a fiction. I don't care which side you're watching. It's um, just unless you know something firsthand. And what I've, I've had a habit in my life is I will try to be places where the news is happening so I can be there firsthand. And then I look at the reporting. And I learned early on in my life in my 20s that what they're writing is not what happened. I was there. Right. <laughs> right, right. Well, so why do you think you say the media likes you? Why do you think they like you? Because you're not being sensational about this. You're saying, look, this is the effects from this are going to be just like any other virus, which seems to be the opposite yeah. of what they want to hear. Well, number one, I'm, I'm just a country doctor kind of guy, and it's I think they kind of like me, you know. It's just, uh, And two, when they ask questions, I have answers that make sense. It's yeah. not the drug company. Most of the time they ask a question, and it's it's like the PR department of the drug company has a hand up the doctor's butt like a hand puppet, and that doctor's going, well, our drug is the way to go. You know? And that's all they get. And I say, but how about these common sense things? Our drug is the way to go. You know, And I just say, well, here's what the research shows and it makes total sense to them because it's really all common sense right, and right. they like that <laughs> so know. so what's what's the n uh n is nutritional support there are you know people ask what vitamin or mineral do i need and the answer is by definition all of them right. the american diet has lost half of the vitamins and minerals in food processing uh fully half you know so this is the first time we're seeing people being obese and malnourished at the same time uh, the vitamin A, B, C, D, uh, E, all half of those are removed in food processing. They're replaced with sugar, white flour, things along those lines. Um, and then there's a really wide array. Um, there's a vitamin powder. It's been back ordered for about six months now, though, uh, called the Energy Revitalization System. It's very good. Uh, I like to give clinical essentials. If people are looking for a multivitamin uh, to take, that really helps immunity now. I have people take two clinical essentials tablets and one Virapro, V-I-R-A-P-R-O. That's what I take. I take. I still have some remnants of the powder because I designed that. But the I take the Virapro, and if you take the clinical essentials with it, you are going to have outstanding nutritional support made easy, and it's not expensive. Um, then there's a host of nutrients. Uh, there's something called the Smart Energy System, which is a good way to double energy within 30 seconds a day. It's one drink and two capsules. Um, so adding the smart energy system, coenzyme Q10 can be helpful. A number of nutritional things make sure there's not iron deficiency, vitamin B12 deficiency. So there's a host of things that can be really dramatically effective for, at creating safe and healthy energy. What do you say to the people who say, well, I, I eat a healthy diet, so I really get everything I need through food. I don't need to supplement. Is that true? I think they're wishful thinking, you know, they're, but they're comparing, you know, a healthy diet to even the stuff, unless they're shopping 24 hours a day and just getting fresh food that they're preparing minimally. I just, what I would tell them is if you feel great and you're eating reasonably healthily and you don't feel like taking a multivitamin, don't. Right. What you're doing is working. If, if what you're doing is working, ignore me, ignore all the other doctors. If what you're doing is working, Run away. What are you doing here? 
you know? Right. But you may want to try these things and see if you feel much better. And if not, and you're feeling fine, your body will tell you. So. If, if, if you had to pick three or four specific vitamins and minerals, are there some particular that stick out in helping the immune system? Or would you recommend just say, take a multivitamin and don't, don't take, think about it? Take the multi, because all of the nutrients are important. But the key thing is zinc. Zinc, to, when, let's look at COVID specifically. Uh, zinc deficiency is one of the main reasons why people die with COVID. It's, I think, one of the main reasons they lose a sense of smell and their taste. Uh, zinc controls those two senses. Low zinc, those senses will go away. Um, and there's a very good probability, and the virus specifically will cause the zinc to get lost. Many viruses, AIDS is a classic example. Most of the immune system problems in early HIV infection comes because the virus causes massive zinc losses in the urine. It's wow. as if the virus has learned, if I get this person zinc deficient, their immune system won't work because the hormone thymulin, which is the conductor of the Im immune orchestra, without zinc, it's dead in the water. And you see massive zinc losses. Uh, and then, now, after a couple of years, it starts to destroy the immune system. But the early chronic infections have a lot to do with the zinc deficiency. And I think we're seeing the same thing here. So zinc is critical. Uh, I have people take 50 milligrams a day uh, for one month just to fill the tank, then 15 milligrams a day, one five. And then at first sign of infection, I go back up to 50. There are some doctors who'll go up to 100. It's not unreasonable. I just, I think 50 is fine. If you want to go to 100, if you have the infection, it's fine. Uh, long term, it can cause copper deficiency, but for a month, I'm not worried about it. How important is vitamin D? Because I've I've seen some studies that, that are linking vitamin D deficiency with, with COVID well, issues. But, but again, vitamin D is not as important as the other things because vitamin D will only decrease the risk of dying from COVID by, depending on the research you're looking at, it's a 50% to 96% lower risk of dying from COVID. But it only costs five cents. So why would you want to use that? Get the remdesivir. The remdesivir is thousands of dollars and will decrease your risk of dying from COVID by about 11%, not the 90% of vitamin, I'm being facetious. Right, here. of course. Um, the vitamin D, you're looking at the zinc, the D, those are the two key ones, and vitamin C, uh, vitamin K, uh, and the omega-3s. So you do those, and again, if you're not a woman or child-bearing age, low-dose vitamin A, otherwise vitamin A can trigger birth defects. So the vitamin D, if vitamin D was a medication, if the zinc was a medication, well, I shouldn't say if there was a medication, if they were a company that advertised massively in the news media, you have to be all over the front page, vitamin D, zinc, ta-da, the gates of heaven opening, just like the reporting you're getting for the medications, but only the medications that coincidentally seem to be heavy advertisers in the media. Right. I right. don't can't imagine what an odd coincidence that we're seeing here. And, but and, but, and that's, I think that's, what's frustrating because even you're seeing even the government language doesn't seem to be focusing on, on good supplementation, good nutrition, because again, the government is also tied in to, if you take a look, the NIH, very sweet people, really good folks. Fauci is an awesome man. I, you know, I, respect some of what he says, but some of what he says, understand the whole ethic, it's like religion. The revolving door between government and industry 
if you're at the NIH and you push something in the direction that favors one of the drug companies, you're going to get a $200,000 a year job when you decide to leave the NIH and you go into industry and they pay their debts. Yeah. They make sure that people know you got our back. We'll have yours. So the whole, and the, and part of that ethic is to teach that anything natural is quackery. Um, it's a, just, it's a religious phenomenon in medicine. Oh, but what it couldn't possibly work is natural. It's quackery. But here are the studies. I don't have time to look at that research, that, that nonsense. And then they can honestly say, I've never seen a study that natural remedies work, you know? And then finally somebody forces a study at them. Eh, pseudoscience. Why? Because it shows that natural stuff works. It must be pseudoscience. It can't be the truth, damn it. You know, so you look at medicine, it's kind of like religion, uh, even at NIH levels. So you're seeing the pharmaceutical industry, and God bless their soul, they really are sweet people. Um, but they have locked up where you get the information from. They own Congress. How else do you explain that Congress passed a bill when in a Congress I can't agree if it's day or night? Right. They passed, let's look, one bill. It is illegal for Medicare to negotiate drug prices. We have to pay exactly whatever the drug company asks. We have to pay it by law. They're representing us? I don't think so. They're representing the people who are buying them. This is a pharmaceutical industry. They have a, a, another bill came up, an, an amendment uh, by Ron Paul put in saying, well, it should, it should be legal to discuss research about natural therapies. Common sense, right? Right, you would think. Every single Democrat voted no, and all but 12 Tea Partiers, it turned out to be, voted no on the Republican side. And then they turned around and said, hey, is it they are not our side? And they argued nobody could agree. But on this, anything that threatens their sponsors' products, so they control Congress, they control the media by advertising. The media really doesn't want to piss them off. And the media has been talking. Do you know that a, a lot of times when the media gets an advertising contract for a medication, which is the third biggest advertiser, the contract has clauses to state things like you, the, uh, the magazine agrees not to have anything positive about natural remedies anywhere in that issue. I, I know a lot of magazine publishers and editors, so this is straight from their mouths. Yeah. And from several different places. So, and they will do that. That's why you see such nonsense slamming natural things in the media. Multivitamins don't work. That's not what the study said. It said quite the opposite. But who gives a damn? Ka-ching! It's kind of like, you know, you know, have you ever trained a dog and you give it, you want, it does what you want it to do, you give it a bacon bit. Right. Ad, pharmaceutical advertising is like bacon bits. Okay, roll over. Bacon bit. Here's an ad. Play dead. Bacon bit. Uh, play dead could be the equivalent of, oh, a massive study of over a million people, two studies, showed that my drug kills 50,000 Americans a year. You don't, not a word, right? Play right. dead. Right. Bacon bits. And that's that's not something I just made up. This is a, a, a common medication. 50,000 U.S. deaths a year. That, and then two massive meta-analyses in British Medical Journal of uh, half a million people each, roughly, ignored in the media. Um, so anyway, blah, 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 blah. But this is, they're not bad people. It's just, this right. is why you are not, you're not hearing um, the truth about these things. And what you are hearing is just what the PR departments are pushing, which is the most expensive patentable medication. So, uh, if you have the, you don't want to get COVID 
or you want to keep the risks lower. It's not going to make 100% that you're not going to get COVID and die, but it can drop the risk by 90 plus percent in the literature, in the scientific literature. Zinc, D, C, vitamin A, 5,000 units, not more, or you can get birth defects if you get pregnant on it, or if you go over 8,000. Vitamin K, 100 micrograms seems to decrease the risk of uh, the clotting issues that kill people in COVID. And the vitamin powder, the energy revitalization system has all of that except the fish oil. Uh, the, the clinical essentials plus the Virapro, you're pretty covered. That's why I like those two. What's so frustrating about everything you described is that, you know, I grew up in Appalachia in the heart of the, the opioid crisis, and we still haven't learned from that. We're still just, we want to prescribe everything after the fact. We want to treat people who are already sick, who are already obese, and, and figure out what medication we can push on them instead of looking at the effects. What can you do beforehand to build up your immune system, to become stronger, to be healthier, so that these issues, COVID, whatever comes next, doesn't affect you as, as deeply? Eric, why would you possibly want to do that? That's bad for business. I'm, I'm crazy. I want, I want people to be healthy. <laughs> yes, and there's so much of that. Um, but again, getting that information out in this country, it's kind of illegal. If you're discussing anything that somebody has a financial tie to for treating the disease, that's not legal in this country. Yeah, well, we have freedom of speech, not if it threatens drug company products uh, and profits. We don't. And you, I mean, you see, it even even with insurance, it's it's so much easier to get insurance to cover procedures and medication and treatments again for for something after the fact for someone who's already sick, for someone who's already unhealthy, than it is to again these supplements can get very expensive. And you know, anything you want to take to to stay healthy is never covered, and it's always. 10 times more expensive out of your own pocket than it is to get these treatments after the fact. Well, yeah, it's basically the, the word for what you're describing and what accurately describes American healthcare is insane. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's the medical term. That's the official term. That's the official <laughs> term. Uh, but here's the thing. Again, our representatives, we like to think we live in a democracy. We're not. Technically, we're a republic where our representatives represent us. No, they don't. <laughs> the research shows that how they vote is dependent almost entirely, not entirely, but almost entirely on who is paying them the most money. Now, before you go, those nasty scoundrels, you know, no, they're not. They're good, decent people like you and me who had a wanting to do public service, who went into a system that said, you have to raise $40 in bribes. We call them campaign contributions, but they're friggin' bribes. That's what they are. Um, for every dollar you're gonna get paid for the honor of representing people. And then you suddenly realize, well, you have to spend 60% of your time sucking up to rich people and corporations to make the money to get elected. You don't do that, you're not gonna be able to help anybody. So you basically, and give up your scruples because that's the only way to help anybody. Um, and after a while, it becomes second nature. Uh, we give them no choice. There is a way to fix that. Uh, our foundation will be launching a project called the One Minute Fix. Uh, for those that are curious, you can go to the website oneminutefixfix.org. And there's a petition there that'll talk about it. And what the concept is, is that as part of our vote, 
uh, every citizen gets $100 uh, that they can assign to the politicians of their choice each year. The person never sees the money. It doesn't cost us anything. It goes straight from the U.S. Treasury to the politician you pick. This way, the politicians can um, that because right now you have about three, four billion dollars per election site a year for Congress and president and, and bribes that are being paid, campaign contributions. Uh, this would create a ten billion dollar pool if half the people do it. That would offset ten billion from small donors of a hundred or less, and three billion from the wealthy, as opposed to three billion from the wealthy and less than a billion from small donors. You see how the check and balance, the whole power structure changes. Now your, our representatives can get elected by representing us and saying, please send me the hundred dollars because I'm representing you and here's how. I, so you know, go ahead. It's not gonna fix everything, but it will go a long way. It will at least allow our representatives to represent us. And so we're looking, to get signatures on the petition, inviting you to sign and share. We are not asking for money. <clears throat> this is a no money project. This is uh, just you know, grassroots, please sign the petition, please share it with your friends. Uh, and that can change all of this. Suddenly, the representatives will say, oh, it is legal to discuss research on natural remedies. And oh, it is legal that you don't get raped because you made a bill saying that you can't negotiate drug prices. And suddenly they'll be representing us. I always wanted to be optimistic about these proposals. I, I'm a natural pessimist when it comes to, to trying to improve that because you, know, you brought up Ron Paul and he, him wanting to leave. And he's one of the few medical doctors to serve in Congress, by the way. And he wanted to bring up the ability to talk about natural solutions and they paint him as, as insane because of that. Of and I and I, I wonder, I mean, your solution, does that change the media and the media's power to, to paint the picture of how these things look? No, but it paint at least gives us the power to help the elected representatives. What will change the media is when people turn them off. Yeah. Ranting and railing against them. Just turn them off. And you'd be amazed how many people are already doing that. They've learned that not just is it a fiction, it's an incredibly unhealthy and unpleasant fiction that's toxic to me. Why would I watch this? If I had a TV station that basically had just piles of crap that kept plopping hour after hour, uh, 30 years later, am I still going to be fixed watching? Are you going to you know, take the remote? You know, there's this Tai Chi move that's brilliant that will really improve your health. When you have the news media stuff back on there and you're grinding your teeth because you're watching this fiction, calm and center. Take a big breath. Reach your arms out to the side. Grab the remote and click off at the TV set. You'll feel so much better. Yeah. I, I agree. I know a lot of people who are starting to, to do that. And it's tough because these things like social media we've seen, they're they're designed to keep you attached and to keep you watching, to keep you angry. And, and they like when you get upset because that keeps you watching. And mm -hmm. you you do have to consciously make that decision that I, I have to fight what they're doing, which is they're they're tapping into my psychology to keep me tied in. And I don't, just don't, I, don't fight. As soon as you fight, you give it energy. Ignore. Yeah. I, I, I guess when I say fight, I mean fight that impulse, fight that, fight what they're, what they want you to do, which is to keep watching. You have to fight that by ignoring and and just just turning things off. Gift your attention to something else. Yeah, this yeah. Is a trick. If you keep fighting against, like trying to protect, trying to forget the word elephant, it's not. <laughs> right. Just shift your attention and then 
you're not even there anymore. That, that's a good way to put good, it. Shift your attention to those. Right, right. It's not just turning it off. It's it's saying, hey, let me find something else to take up that time that this is doing. That and that way I'm good. not even thinking about it. That feels good. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't, I've never heard it put that way, but I, I like that a lot. Yeah, that'll help your health dramatically and help your authenticity. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't gotten to the E on shine yet. What's E? Exercise as able. Uh, people with uh, fibro and CFS can't exercise too much because they'll crash and burn. They'll be bedridden for three days. But, and that leaves them afraid to do anything, even walking sometimes. Uh, but if they don't do that, they decondition. So I encourage them to walk as much as they comfortably can where they feel good, tired after and better the next day. And then uh, leave it there for about eight, 10 weeks. After 10 weeks on the shine protocol, people's energy levels are skyrocketing. Then they can start to condition instead of crashing. And and these are the sorts of things that you would recommend for anyone who's feeling these these after effects of COVID. Tr go through this protocol before you you get on any kind of serious long term medication. There's a book from Fatigued to Fantastic. The fourth edition just came out um, in in September. It's a green cover. If you get it from Amazon, which is probably the easiest, do not get it from other sellers. Do not get it used because you'll get the old edition, even though it looks like the new new one but get the green cover one, buy it directly from Amazon. It will really walk you through all of this and teach you exactly what you need to do uh, to optimize your health and well-being and to make the chronic fatigue. Whether you just have day-to-day -day fatigue, whether you have pain, there's a big section on the book goes through migraines, headaches, arthritis, goes through each kind of pain. Uh, there's a free phone app, Cures A to Z, C-U-R-E-S, capital A to S-E. There's a two-buck upgrade if you want. Um, but it'll go through 100 health conditions and say, here's, you know, just short and sweet. What's going on? Uh, best natural things to make it go away, which medications get thumbs up versus. Oh, that's great. And I, actually, I want to touch on exercise first because I want to, I think people tend to get overwhelmed when you, when they hear the word exercise, they think of, of CrossFit, of marathon running, of, of this intense stuff. But something as simple as just going for a walk around the neighborhood, you would consider exercise, right? Yep. Go for a walk 20 or 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's it. most of the benefit. You can go higher and do the rest. But if you're doing that much, you're maintaining your conditioning, especially if you're doing it outside in the sunshine. You're getting your vitamin D. The advice we don't all live in we don't all live in Hawaii, though, doctor. Come, it's a state part of the union. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, when it's nice outside and we feel comfortable doing so, the remember you you can create anything you want in life. You know, people say, "Oh, how can you live in Hawaii?" It is one of the states in the United States. It's no it's cheaper living here than it was in Washington D.C. area when I was living in Annapolis, Maryland, on the Chesapeake Bay. You can create anything. We make these stories about why we can't. But if you can envision it, you can create it. Great. Well, Dr. Teitelbaum, thank you so much. Is it, where can I direct people? You, you mentioned your website. Can you mention that one more time where people so can go to learn more? There's two websites. For information, www.vitality101.com. Uh, go on Amazon, get the From Fatigued to Fantastic book. It'll change your life if you have any of these things. Um, for some of the supplements that we're talking about, www.endfatigue.com. Uh, we just finished uh, our second study on a wonderful supplement called Recovery Factors that increased 60% of people improved with an average 69% increase in energy and overall well-being. 
that's uh, a company out of Europe. Their website address is www.recoveryfactors.com. Quite remarkable effects with that. So, so many ways, so much you can do to get well, unless you go to your doctor. Great, great. And any final words, any, any other advice you have for anyone before we go? Yeah, if you get well so you can go back to a life you hate, you've done nothing for yourself. As you start improving your energy, as you start feeling better, use it for things that feel good. That's how you know they're authentic to you. That's a strange thing. We've been taught in our society, anything that feels good is bad for you. What kind of insane, whether it's evolution or some loving deity, would create that anything that feels good is going to make you sick and go to hell? It's like, why? If it feels good, it's because we evolved. Our body says we like that. Now, the problem we face is that once the food processing companies get a hold of that and they modify it to learn to fool our taste buds and things like that. So stay away from that garbage. That's junk. But basically whole foods that feel good, things that feel good overall. And the next question is, well, how is it working out for you? So it feels good and it's working out for you. It's authentic to you. It may not be what helps somebody else who wants you to do everything for them. But start to see what, notice your intuition, how things feel. Start to follow what feels good, which means it's authentic. You realize you can create anything. The only thing getting in your way of creating what you want is you. And get on with it. You're going to find miracles happening routinely in your life. You're going to have a life you love. Great. Well, Dr. Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you coming on the program. Eric, always a pleasure. Be well, everybody. Bye-bye. Well, from Hawaii. There you go. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. 